0: The self-hatred that Westerners, uh, people in the West carries is so destructive and so painful that um, they mistake teachers for gurus. Guru is not outside. Guru is not a body. Whatever being was in, is in that body, is the guru. It's not the body. When the body dies, the guru is still present just like our own souls are still present when the body dies.
1: Before we jump into this episode, I'd love to invite you to join this Candid Spiritual community to hear more conversations that will help you become happier, healthier, and more healed. All I want you to do is click on that subscribe button because I love your support. I love seeing all the comments pouring through, all the love pouring through, and we're just getting started. I can't wait to go on this journey with you, whether you're a spiritual seeker or you're just curious about the topic. And we really hope that our conversations will provide you food for thought and inspiration for your own spiritual journey. So join us for honest, candid discussions about spirituality, For Soul's Sake. sake, sake, Welcome to a special episode of For Soul's Sake, a conversation in which we bring you the best in wellness, the best in bhakti, the best in spirituality, an honest conversation, a candid conversation, a conversation which we wish to give you education, transformation, entertainment, all the buzzwords. And today I'm joined by the one, the only, uh, an inspiration of mine from a very young age, Krishna Das. Thank you so much for being here. I don't think I need to say anything that needs to introduce you any further. But Thank you, say so We can also give people acid reflux for health. I mean, I'm, I'm just deeply honored to be with you. Thank you so much. Doing great. this, Good to see you. What are your thoughts on Bhakti Fest this year? Coming that's back been from COVID, very nice. very nice. They can only just turn the heat down a little bit. That would make it easier, but it's beautiful. It was very nice, nice time. Yeah. God, if you're listening, turn the heat down a little bit. Indians don't even fare so well in this weather, yeah, especially because I'm doing a workshop later in the middle of the day. Wow, well, that's what happens. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about where you're at in your Kirtan journey right now. What's alive for you in your chanting? What do you feel inspired by when you chant? You
0: know, I, uh, what inspires me the most is singing with people, chatting with people, and I'm pretty much touring all the time. Mm. Yeah, when I'm home, I sing to my, my stuff. But otherwise, I'm on the road with people. That's the thing I love the most, uh, sharing that space. Because first of all, it's, it, it, it's my major practice, really. and. Uh, and, you know, uh, many years ago, my guru made me the pujari of a Devi temple, Vindivasani Durga Devi, Vaishnavi Devi, for a short time in order to piss off his other devotees. <laughs> so, so what I did was I was giving out the prasad, the Charanamrit. So what I'm doing now is that's exactly the same thing. Just it's in the, in the shape, in the form of the name but I'm still distributing. So that's the way I look at it, you know. Mm. And uh, it's, it's all his blessings. So blessings, Lord.
1: Entering to this lifestyle myself and trying to do the circuits and do all the festivals across the world, it's no easy feat. And uh, someone that's been doing it for so long can only be commended. It must be clear that you feel, I mean, from my perspective, it's a blessed life. I mean, Do you feel the blessings. You must be feeling blessed every day to be doing something like this. Well, for me, it was either this or pumping gas. You know. Oh, really? It's
0: probably my two options <laughs> in life. So, this has been great. Sure, it's a one. It's a great blessing, and uh, you know that by by His grace, it's all by invitation. We don't have any PR. We don't have any agents. We we don't. I could sing three times a day, in a different city, in every day of the year. Yeah, if I could. I mean, which how wonderful is that? You know, I means you can't. You can't create that with your own mind. You know, it's 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 all blessings, really. Mm. And um, I'm just trying to keep up with it. Yeah. One of these days, you know, you know, as they say, uh, as one of my friends says, they're firing on our regiment. <laughs> you know, it's like the other friend, uh, Zen master friend of mine says, you know, we're working ourselves to the front of the line,
1: you know, but I keep doing as long as I can. I'm for sure. sure. Well, the challenges that you face doing it, because it's it's almost a 365 affair. It's not something that's seasonal. As far as I know of your schedule, it's it's constant. Yeah, but at this point in my life, really, it's that's all I do. So it's very simple.
0: Um, you sing? You pack, you travel, unpack, you sing, you pack, you travel, you unpack. No challenge like being in an ashram, you know? yeah. When I'm home, that's where the challenges are. You got to go to the doctors, you got to pay the bills, you got to <laughs> clean the house, you got to do all that shit. But on the road, there's nothing. It's still like being in a temple. Wow. The, the challenges, of course,
1: come with traveling a little bit, but otherwise, it's just wonderful. Do you have any words of advice for someone that is? looking to live that kind of lifestyle that Johans for that lifestyle even is in that lifestyle currently and trying to navigate it
0: don't think you're doing it because you're not if you have the blessings to be able to chant the name by yourself or with other people it's all blessings it's all the grace of the saints you uh, allow it to happen through you don't don't be the doer and identify with that that's you asking for trouble and mm. that's where the challenger would be with our own egos you know but if we just go with the flow and uh, accept things as they come to us where's the challenge challenge is just
1: remaining present and open and available with our hearts available that's one thing i really admire about you is that um Anyway, from the perspective, you can maybe fill me in on what it's like living that. But from the external, when I'm watching your lifestyle and and observing from all the things that I see that you're doing, it's the simplicity with which you're doing it and the conviction that you feel that it's not that you're doing, it's it's not being in the doer mode. And um, I'm still yet to get to that point because I feel that in the young, passionate, vibrant, well, I would like to say vibrant, I'm I'm starting to get some gray beard hairs, but in, in the young, younger life that I'm living, um, I'm finding it difficult to get to that point where I'm seeing that I'm not the doer, because it just feels You you don't see it. It happens by grace. Right?
0: You just keep repeating the name. That's your job. Your job is just to repeat the name and sing the name. It's not to manipulate your emotions or anybody else's emotions. It's not to get anybody else off. It's not even to get yourself off. Mm -hmm. you need to pay attention to the sound of the name. That's all that's required. From my point of view, I mean, there are other lineages that teach and share it, that these practices in other ways, fine. I just do it the way it developed for me, naturally. Uh, my guru liked to hear the chanting, so we checked. There was no, there was no, you didn't have to believe anything, there was nothing to join. You know, we're human beings, we already joined. That's it. One family and, and, and that's the story. So when the simplicity thing is just, I, like I said, it was either this or pumping gas. Very simple. Right. I don't, I share the practice the way I do the practice. I don't, I just simply try to stay with the sound and the name and the, the name brings you deeper. The grace brings you deeper. You don't go deeper by your own effort. You go deeper by releasing your, your your ambition and your anxiety and your greed for this or that you greed for experiences ego can't do anything but ramana maharshi said who was a very great saint he said asking the ego or the mind to kill the mind is like asking the thief to be the policeman there'll be a lot of investigation but no arrest will ever be made So that's why you sing, you chant, you just stay with the name, and it's really, it's really the name chanting us. We think we're doing it, but once we ripen more, as we ripen more and more practice and more, more surrender, we start. Is because it's just thoughts that are coming. I'm doing this. The feeling of being the doer is just a thought. So the more time you spend with the name, the less thought comes. And then finally that thought doesn't come. And it's not like, oh, now I know I'm not the doer. (laughs) It's just that the thought doesn't arise of being the doer. And you're just simply present. Because it's our expectations that cause the trouble. We think the button will push this button, then we'll have that experience, and then we'll understand this. No, no. The whole thing will disappear, like clouds. They just disappear, and the sky shines. It's always there. <laughs> so, but it takes. It's a ripening process, really. That's how I think. Um, yeah. I mean, other there are other ways of approaching it with visualization and understanding and learning and all that stuff. But you know, that's not me. Keep it simple. Just the name. is good. I mean, if people, everybody has to use whatever they want and whatever appeals to
1: somebody. That's the way you do it. On a one-size-fits-all model. Yeah. yeah. You spoke about Guru very briefly there, and the grace of Guru. And uh, we live in an age now where more and more people are refuting authoritative testimony, and uh, even the word uh, or the phrase, uh, Guru is dead. Mm -hmm. And people are feeling that that, nowadays they've been uh, betrayed so much by so many different teachers. And um, so I wanted to see if you had any thoughts on people finding guru, finding authoritative testimony, and that still being a valid process? Well, you know,
0: there's a lot of ways to talk about that. But first of all, guru is not outside. Guru is not a body. Whatever being was in, is in that body, is the guru. It's not the body. When the body dies, the guru is still present, just like our own souls are still present when the body dies. But a guru knows what what this is. The Guru is awake. Guru is fully present, fully alive, fully oneness, one with the universe. So there's no... For the Guru, there's no identification with the body, but we identify with our bodies. So we see that body and we think that's the Guru. So Westerners are very... The self-hatred that Westerners and people in the West carries is so destructive and so painful that um, they mistake teachers for gurus. Teachers are people who have desires like everybody else. They might have something to teach, but a guru doesn't teach. I mean, a guru might teach, but that's not really what the guru is is transmitting. They're transmitting, just like the sun transmits its light to all, and some plants grow faster than others. Some plants don't grow. Some, but the transmission is always there. So, the intellectual learning can possibly open us up to accepting and deepening with that transmission. But it might not. It might just get us stuck in our heads. My guru just never. He never taught. You know. He said, "Love everyone. Feed everyone. Remember God. Simple. You know." And that. I'm, we're still working on that you know that's, <laughs> that's the hardest thing you know and um, but he did he, you know and he spoke very rarely he said, you know to the repetition of the name, everything is accomplished. And this is someone who knows what he's talking about. that's what he told us everything is accomplished. but if we really believe that, if I really believe that, I wouldn't be talking to you. I'd be in a closet repeating the name somewhere, yeah, you know? right. but it's that's the karma of the situation. That's the ripening process. Those karmas and those illusions and those beliefs in the, in the wrong thing, they fade away just like clowns dissipate as time goes on. You know, I, if anybody requires you to, says you have to believe in me to join this group, you know, run in the other direction fast as you can. It's a
1: good enough. discernment point.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. You know, if you look in the mirror, there's your guru looking out of your eyes. In fact, when my guru did leave the body, I was very distraught. I was, because I, I was so attached. Of course, I had felt him for years before I came to India after I met Ram Dass. That's when I first felt Maharaj's presence in Baba. Mm. But when I saw him, first time I saw him, I went like, and then feeling him everywhere with me, like this everywhere. And I looked at this body and I thought, How does that all fit in there? You know, I'm just like, <laughs> I don't get this. It was like a freak your ground switch. It was like but as time went on I became more and more attached to the body and being with him. And he kept me there for a long time, kept me two and a half years. And then he sent me away. But it had to be. I needed to get attached to that in order to let go of other attachments. And he knew what he he was doing with me. He was running the show, of course. So, but the thing is, for for most Westerners, we don't believe in ourselves. So we're always looking to believe in somebody else, something outside of us. Because we don't hate, we love ourselves, we hate ourselves, Mm. we judge ourselves, we don't feel worthy of love. So we're looking for somebody to tell us we're okay and pet us on the head, and so we're willing to sell ourselves out for anybody who would just, you know, give us a little attention. And that's why the situation is what it is. The guru, God, and self—capitalist self—are not different, and and that's what it's. It says that everywhere, all the all the shastras and all the all the the books and everything, Guru, God and Self, not different. But what is the real self? We don't know. What is God? We don't know. And what is Guru? We don't know. If we knew one thing, we would know everything. So it's 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 sad that people feel that way. And of course, it's sad because it means they're, they're not going to find what they're really looking for. Not that they have to join anything or but they have. For, people have to learn to give themselves a break. They can't depend on other people like that, mm-hmm. or somebody. Anybody who sets himself up as a teacher better know what they're talking about because.
1: In for a of trouble. Yeah, there was one instance where I remember uh, we went to. I was in India, and uh, my spiritual teacher was sitting in front of me. And he was addressing a, a kind of a queue system of people that had come to just address and to speak with him, to get different advices. And he turns around to me and my friend that were sitting together. We were assistants and, and, and serving. And he turns around and says, I pray this life never comes for you. Because- <laughs> <laughs> and I read so much into that. I was thinking about that so much. But I was like, oh, but isn't it good like, to serve in this way? Mm-hmm. I think that the, the, the point he was making was, you know, it's a responsibility. It's, uh, it's not to be taken lightly. That's true. Is that our friend, my friend you're
0: talking about? a friend <laughs> he's, he's he's so wonderful. He's so great. Yeah. Yeah. But um yeah, you know, uh, the idea of responsibility is it's on one hand I understand what he's saying because I know him and I know him. how he feels and how mm. virtuous he is and how much he cares about other people. And my responsibility is to give myself to the practice as much as I can when I'm with people, when I'm singing with people. Yeah. And I, I don't feel, you know, I'm I'm not, I don't see myself as a teacher or a guru or anything like that. And I refuse, I totally refuse to even go there, which makes my life a lot simpler. And people always write to me, oh, I want to join your group. What group? <laughs> well, you want to come watch TV with me? Come on, yeah, it's okay. That's the only group I got. <laughs> You know, really, I don't. That that saves me from a lot of bullshit. You know, which I don't want to deal with. But at the same time, I really do give myself fully to what I'm doing, as fully as I can. You know, so It's
1: three percent of my usual two percent. I loved what you spoke about the uh, guru being within the chaitya guru, the the inner teacher. And I think that uh, so much of the life in which we live in the Western world is Mm-hmm. An influence on top of an influence on top of an influence. It's so difficult to hear that inner voice, mm-hmm. the inner intuition, the inner knowing. the um, Where would someone start to try and hear that more?
0: Yeah, but the problem is, we don't trust ourselves. For me, I always tell people, I think the whole spiritual path is learning to trust yourself. Because it's within us that all those openings are going to happen, that all that. Awareness that all that love has to arise within us. And that's where it. Happens. If you have the, you know, where is where do you feel the love? And over there, know you feel it in here, mm-hmm. in our own hearts. But because we don't trust ourselves, we don't allow those experiences to manifest, and we don't trust other people. Yeah, because when you really trust yourself, then what other people do doesn't really affect you that much, whether they like you or they don't like you. You know you're doing what you should be doing. They don't like it, fine, don't come. Yeah. Come on from me. You yeah. know? Yeah. I had there was a woman in Germany who so we did. we're doing this workshop. I, said, I don't understand so much English. Could you you know I said, Look, here, here, here's a free pass to the concert. Come tomorrow. I'll see you later.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it was funny. I mean, this trusting ourselves, trusting others is, is a big thing like I'm certain I'll probably get heat for even doing this interview because there's so many different people of different traditions saying that, you know, that, that no, stay within your own cult and your own clans and your own tribes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, hey, my name is Krishna. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. You, you probably
0: will, but that's okay. People can, they're allowed to be stupid. If they're right. Allowed
1: to it. <laughs> I love that. I wish I was, uh, old enough to be able to get away with saying that too. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm old enough. No, no, that's not what I meant. <laughs> for sure. I'm definitely old enough to get away with stuff. No problem. Uh, yeah, yeah. How do you see, do you think it's necessary that there, there be different groups and different traditions and, you know, or do you think that the vision for the future should be that we unite or only certain people will get it? The future is really big.
0: Time is huge. Right. This is one little blip one moment and, and an infinite space vast space ultimately of course we're, all, we're already there's only one of us in the universe that's the true self the true being but everybody has their own path everybody has their own karmic configuration everybody has their own stuff to live through it's perfectly fine that there's all these different lineages all these ways to be in that love and find that love, of course, it's okay. And, you know, also, they do say that these are the Dark Ages. This is the U, the Dark Ages, where the light is buried very deeply. As a result, people hate each other. Yeah. People fight in the name of love. People kill each other. In the name of love. Yeah. What to do? You know, all we can do is clean our rooms, clean our hearts, and be the best human beings we can. And in order to do that, one has to do spiritual practice. That's the only thing that's going to save us. Whatever that means to you, whatever that means to you, whatever that means to you. Nobody can tell you what to do. And if they do tell you and you believe it, are you believing them or are you believing what you feel? you Are believing what you feel? another person might tell you the same words and you might not believe it i don't know it, that doesn't sound right another person says yeah that sounds right it's in here so that little bit of self-trust that we have is what needs to be nurtured and and, and fed like a fire that needs more wood you have to keep giving it you know fuel and that fuel is devotion the fuel is the repetition of the name the fuel is Letting go of our self importance and s- treating other people the way we would like to be treated. That, to have the strength to do that is very, that's a yeah. big thing. And that's what it comes down to, you know, uh, for humans, for us human beings. Why would you be bad to your foot? You know, we're it's all part of one body, the body of God. Why would we, why would we treat another person? poorly. We do because we treat ourselves that way. Mm. So,
1: it's it's a little bit of everything. Bhakti Swami, who's a dear teacher of mine, he, he has this one line where he says, treat others as though your spiritual life depends upon it. Right. Treat each person as though your spiritual life depends upon it. And um, I mean, that's a big message and, and something that, you know, it's it's going to take lifetimes to try and understand and perfect. But, the principle is that you know we are different we are uh individual in, in living in this world and uh, in that sense we have to accept that not everyone's going to see eye to eye and not everyone's going to take kirtan as the process and not everyone's going to take Chante as the people pro- may not see eye to eye but given the opportunity they'll see heart to heart
0: wow you know when you're when you're coming from your real heart it's different yeah it's different, but eye to eye, it's a big problem. Heart to heart, it's not such a problem. Because when you allow somebody to be who they are, the pressure's off of them to please you, to be who you need them to be in daily life, right? So you can you let people be who they are. They don't like you, fine, that's okay. When at some point you begin to see that what other people think of you has nothing to do with you at all. Oh, well. It's just their version. We're all seeing our own version of stuff all the time. So as we go deeper through the name and with the name and with with devotion and surrender, that subjectivity starts to fade you know, get more transparent. And then we see things differently. We see people as 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 if your whole spiritual practice depended on it. Because yeah. We will see Krishna everywhere, we'll see Raab. And, but... these times are very difficult. There's so much pressure, so much violence, so much fear. It's very hard. Any little bit of practice you can do in in this life at this time is really incredible. Yeah. Because we're planting seeds, you know? You know, every repetition of the name is a seed. It may not grow right now, right? But you just keep planting, and sooner or
1: later, all those seeds will grow. I mean, it's this. I have a, a vow to chant sixteen rounds of Japa Mala every single day, and that's why I vowed to my spiritual teacher. It's it's a vow that I keep. Uh, try my best to keep. I don't always succeed, but I'm trying my best. And uh, I think that when I, whenever I consider the, the modern human being, I just think. How is anyone gonna to take to that practice? Yeah. And so I just really, really value when someone chants just one name. Mm. And uh I mean I'm I'm gonna go off on a tangent here, but what I really appreciate about you is I think that you have that same mood where you appreciate people. And and another thing I appreciate I appreciate about you is that you have this authenticity that you're you are what you are on the tin. There's no, you know, flashiness behind it. The, the same person I met on email, then I'm meeting in person. I just get that same pipe uh, or energy, just being, you know, in that authentic space. How do people find a life of authenticity away from trying to be other people? You know, trying to be other people perfectly in their in their versions of reality.
0: You just make mistakes, and so
1: make mistakes. You
0: have to go for it. Yeah, if you don't go for it, you don't get anything. So you go for it, and then you find this is not it. Go for mm-hmm. something else. But the idea is, you have to, you have to do it. You have to go for it. You have to go after what you want in life, and what you want in life, you might think it's this, you might think it's that, and once you get that, you realize it isn't. So you have to find the next thing. Eventually, you you find what your thing is, what it is for you. And uh, but if you don't, you know, when, many years ago. Uh, we were up at this commune in the mountains of New Mexico. Mm-hmm. This would be even before going to India, so it was, like, 69, 1960. Oh, before meeting Mim Yeah, uh-huh. Before meeting Maharaj. So we heard that there was this uh, artist from New York who lived down the mountain a little bit who had been to India and knew how to meditate. Whoa. Somebody knows how to meditate. Wow. So a few of us went down to see him. spent the afternoon talking with him and i was kind of just sitting in the back of the room quiet listening so as a result i was the last one out the door so as i'm walking out the door he grabbed my arm and he looked at me and said you you have to find out why it is you can't give yourself a hundred percent to whatever you are doing." I could still feel his, arm, his hand over there. He nailed me. He knew, How he knew this was my biggest hurdle. This is like the biggest problem I had in life. I could never really, no matter what I was doing, there was always like judging, evaluating, holding back. There's always mental stuff going on. I could never get into it. It was amazing. And that stayed with me. That. Question that awareness that it stayed with me from this that moment to this moment. It's I always checking when I'm when I'm thinking. I check: Am I really doing it? When mm-hmm. I'm really doing, it, of course, there's no checking. But when I'm not doing it, I notice, and then I can get back into it. And of course, the, when I heard chanting the first time in India, boom. This is it. I said, I can do this. Wow. This is what I can. I know I can do this. This is what I want to do. So I just started wherever anybody was chanting. I just went and sat there and it's been a long process, you, had, you know, so many meltdowns, breakdowns, you know, over life just has a way of beating the shit out of you. Yeah. But you survive and you, you keep going that you're poor. Your heart is never really destroyed. There might be a lot of shadow on it, there might be a lot of pain. There might be a lot of despair and longing, but it's never destroyed. And in fact, the longing is the grace. Mm-hmm. The longing as we, the longing is what human beings, how human beings experience being pulled into their own hearts. We experience that as longing for something. But really, that's we're being pulled in, and that's the saving grace. Of course, on the other hand, it ruins your fucking life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nothing is enough, yeah, and that's a blessing. Mm. You know, that's a blessing because to recognize that nothing out there will ever be enough—that's that's a wonderful thing. Mm. And you know, my work for ten minutes, my work for what, a year. We'd be very unlucky if it worked for, like, 30 years, because then we wasted our lives. Trial
1: and error for 10 years, hopefully. Something comes from <laughs> How about trial for 70 years. <laughs> personal question. I've got a family, two kids. As far as I know, doing this in solitude. You don't have a, a personal assistant that's sitting in the other room. You know, you've been doing this on a solo mission to chant. And I admire that so much. Does it? Does it get lonely? Do you feel the need for a family or well, system? Always my around. Daughter, my daughter's forty-two, I think.
0: She pays all my bills. Takes care of the house when I'm gone. Incredible. She sings with me every once in a while. She's wonderful. And I have a Nina Rao who sings so beautifully. She's my assistant. She's been. I am basically I always joke I work for her. You know. Uh-huh. She plans. We plan the schedule together, and she and Serena, her sister, work it all out. You know, there's a there's a support group. Definitely, I could never. You know, you in the old days, I would be on tour. I'd come home, and then I'd spend the next month dealing with. In those days, there was no email, so it was phone calls and faxes wow. all around the world. You know, so I'd be up at three in the morning to get a phone call from somewhere. By the time I was ready to go out on tour, I was I was a wreck. So things just developed, and then, you know, so now there's a very nice, incredible group of people helping me. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, ultimately, on the other hand, we're ultimately we're all alone Not lonely. lonely you know, not can you be lonely? You know, yeah. I mean, I once wrote a song about my guru. It said, how can I miss you when you won't go away?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: It's like...
1: But I'm married. I'm married now. I mean, I, I still sometimes I long for uh, just to be with my family more. I think that's something I'm still getting to grips with mm-hmm. because in the last couple of years, things have kind of grown and it's taken to the point where I'm traveling a lot more, which is nice. I enjoy it. It's, it's my entire life. I feel very satisfied. But I think the sacrifice that I'm being away from my children is something that's taken its toll. And I have to kind of just balance that. And I thought, well, I'm not going to get this opportunity often to be with KD, so let me ask him how he does it.
0: You know, I wasn't singing, I didn't start singing until I was with people this way,
1: until I was 47. Oh, really? Yeah, 47. When I came back from India, yeah. By that point, your your daughter was older?
0: My yeah. daughter was born... Yeah. Let me wait, let me go back. So, I didn't start singing well, while my daughter was born and I had a family. I wasn't doing, I wasn't traveling. You were at home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I was traveling, but I was more at home in some ways. Gotcha. But, uh, yeah. Well, um, you have to find, once again, nobody can tell you what to do. You have to listen to your heart and, and find what what works for you. Uh, you don't want your children to suffer. You want them to grow up in a good way. Yeah. So, you know, and you have to examine your motivation for being on the road. You know, is this really coming from the heart, or should you spend more time at home and do something else? Uh, it's we're all totally free to follow our hearts. Most of us don't really know what that means, but mm-hmm. that's the most important thing. If you're not at ease doing what you're doing this way, there might be something else, some adjustments you should make. Yeah. You shouldn't be at ease with your life as best as possible in the world with this very little ease. Yeah,
1: of course, you know, you can only do so much. Well, I've kind of just taken it to a point where I'm, uh, I don't believe in balance. I don't think there's such a thing as balance. I think that you just kind of take each day as it comes, or each week, each month, you assess it and say, okay, well, what is the best possible means of trying to make it balanced, but it never really does balance? Yeah, and so concept. It's just a concept, right? You do the best you can.
0: You can't. And we are doing the best we can all the time, and so is everybody else. If they could do better, they would. If we could do better, we would. Better in the sense of being more whatever, more kind, more compassionate, more open, more present, you know, uh, more in the flow. But... Uh,
1: Yeah, you can just do the best you can. I wanted to ask, do you keep a finger on the pulse about the future of of Kirtan and the culture of Kirtan going into the future, and do you have a vision for it? Do you feel like this is how it should be into the future? Do you have a desire for how it should kind of propagate going forward for the next 50 years, 100 years? I don't know what's (laughs) going to happen. What are you kidding? (laughs) (laughs) Every time I sit down, it's a new
0: experience. I have no idea. I never think. That's, that's not, that's above my pay grade. Oh, that's for somebody else to worry about. You know, who knows, we, nobody knows what's gonna happen. Somebody could a push a button and all work, a, now. So our job is to do the best we can each moment. Meaning, mm. future is the future, the present is all we have. For, uh, uh, we Present is the only thing we, we could possibly have a vote in. The past is already done, future's not here. How do we live now? Mm. So how we live now will have a lot to do with what happens in the future, but still it, it has to do with now. What we, what seeds are we planting now? If we're worried about the future, if we're projecting about, it, we think that Kirtan shouldn't be this way, you know, until yeah. years from now. In years from now, there might be no humans left. That's, yes. we don't know. We have now, that's all we have. And most of us don't even have a vote now how we feel, how do we... Because we live in reaction mode all the time to everything. So we don't even vote over our own feelings. Let's get that. You know, let, let's get it but so we can be more kind, more compassionate, more loving, so we can be closer to that, to the one. But for that, we have to,
1: we have to let go of a lot of stuff. It's not easy. This has been an incredible conversation. I really enjoyed it. I want to close off with some quick fire questions. You up for doing that? One word, one sentence. It doesn't work very fast, but don't fire away. Knock me out, you know? Question number one. What's something you're curious about right now in your life? In my life?
0: How the sound to go for the workshop. <laughs> <laughs> That's about as far as I can project. Wow. You know, um, when will I see my guru again? That's the most thing I'm curious about. That's the biggest question I have that I live with.
1: What's something you're personally
0: working through at the moment in your life? Personally, working through, working through physical issues. You know, I'm 70, what am I now? 76. Seriously? So, you know, things don't work quite the way they used to, and the knees don't quite do what they used to do. so just working, trying to stay healthy, so I can keep doing this, and um, that's really the main thing. Trying to stay healthy, you
1: mm-hmm. know, and looking for Cheerios in every country I go to. Cheerios. Oh wow! Uh, I should have brought you a box of Cheerios next time. Next time we meet, I'll bring you a box of Cheerios from London. Uh, London, yeah, okay. English Cheerios. Okay, okay,
0: not that good, huh? Icelandic Cheerios are very good. Really, what makes them good? They use different ingredients in different countries. Like some of the things that they use here are not they don't use in other countries. Slightly different taste.
1: Icelandic cheers. You heard it here first. If you get a box, please send it to both of us. I'd really like to try it. You send it to him. Don't send. I'll send them. I them from my side. I don't think I can use that many boxes of cheers. Uh Question number three. In short, what legacy would you like to leave behind in this world, Rama? <laughs> Question number four. Something you used to deeply value in your life, but don't value as much anymore. Amy. I don't
0: know. Something that used to deeply me higher oh, than my life. You know, I, I I couldn't make up this life I'm living. I saw this psychic many, many years ago. And he said to me, Oh, someday you're going to be able to do what you want to do. And at that point, I thought, What is he talking about? You know, because I was doing all these things, my family, I having to take care of the family and make money and do all this shit. You know. But here it is. So. From this point of view there's nothing I lack there's nothing I I I wish I had there's nothing I need that I don't have except a new body you know but well, I I wish
1: I could complain more and final question if you could create one law one law law that everyone had to follow mm. what would it be
0: where do you start you know the first thing i would say was that the law that everybody should treat everybody else the way they want to be treated. But they can't do that. You can't make people do that. First, they have to treat themselves the way they want to be treated, really. And people can't do that, so how can they do it? So, if there was one law, you know, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. If we can do that, what a different world it would be Mm -hmm. like. that. So all the practices we do, all the things we believe, all the lineages, all the it's all about getting into that place where we're all living inside of, we're all aware of living inside of that love that is God. Mm-hmm. So.
1: That for me personally, is it, it touches a nerve because uh, when I was a child um, in, in, L- in the UK, we have these things called assemblies at the beginning of a school day where we sing hymns. I don't know if they still do it anymore, you know, countries have become more and more secular. We're Christian soldiers, like that kind it's of stuff. I mean, I was born up in a Hindu background, and I didn't really have any practice of sadhana, but that was kind of like my sadhana. Like mm-hmm. I would go, and all the other kids would just mime or really not be interested. But I used to like it. I used to like mm-hmm. it. And there was this one song I remember that used to sing about treating others as though you wish to be treated. Oh. And uh I just—it was one of those life mottos that I just. It's kind of how to say scorched into the heart It's there i i, I still appreciate it and cool. people treat me so that personally touched the nerve thank you for reiterating that. i i back the law i vote for the law if that's allowed um thank you so much for your time for your presence for your um play. yeah for being so kind upon me and wonderful podcast to to share your time and for each and every one of you that's been listening and watching i hope that there's been value for you In fact, I don't even hope, I know there will be value. Please drop us a comment, send us a question, send us some thoughts on what your reflections were from what uh, Krishna shared in this wonderful episode. And uh, please share this conversation further. Share it with a friend, a colleague, share it with your neighbor, share it with the dog down the road, whoever will listen, anyone that's going to lend an ear, because these conversations are truly, uh, in my opinion, and I think many people who are listening to this podcast, feeling that this is a conversation that can transform people's lives. There's so many practices that are shared on these conversations that I think will really help to transform your life for the better. And so with that, having said that, thank you all so much for watching and being with us today. See you on the next episode of The Soul's Sake. If you loved this episode, you'll absolutely love my interview with Londrell on finding God in the present, being here, being now. Go check it out. The best advice to be here, be now, it's like it's it's all here and you can't escape it. Yeah, right. The worst advice is be here, be now, it's all here and you can't escape it. And so you take the good with the bad and just be here at the end of the day, just be here. It works both ways, yeah. but it works for the greater good. Beautiful. Mm-hmm.